All right, welcome everyone to the first episode of the Tassif Podcast, and today I have with me Coach Allen. Coach Allen, how are you feeling about the podcast today? Are you more excited? Man, pretty good, pretty excited. You know, me and you talk a lot about different topics, so excited to finally get this done with you. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming. So, Coach Allen, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Coach Jonathan Allen. I coach running backs here at Brewer High School. Um, 33 years old. Um, got into education just wanting to help kids succeed. I didn't have a father figure in my life, so I had coaches who took the place of that. And so um, just through their mentorship and tutelage, I decided this is something I wanted to do. Um, I went to school at Wachita Baptist University in Arkansas, stayed mm-hmm. there for two years, um, injured my knee, really didn't like Arkansas, wasn't a um, – I'm more of a city guy at that point in life, thought I needed to be around more. So I transferred to UNT where I got my degree in kinesiology. Um, and then, yeah, I got into the world of coaching. I started off at Brookhaven Community College as their program athletic assistant. All right. Um, How was that like? It was amazing. You know, I never thought I would have the opportunity to coach uh college basketball. I was uh-huh. there with uh, Kevin Hurst, who is the most winningest coach in program history. Uh-huh. He um, taught me a lot, really um, mentored me and showed me the ways. I'm forever thankful for him. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got into football at Episcopal School of Dallas um, under Coach Williams there, stayed there for a year. But I knew I really wanted to um, impact the community that helped raise me in DeSoto. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Coach Ty Peterman gave me an opportunity at West Junior High. Um, and then the rest goes from there. Yes. He, he's helped groom me, and now I followed him to Brewer and on his varsity staff. All right. So you come to Brewer, and let's go back to my sophomore year, so where we won like two games. And now we're a playoff-bound team. So how did the Brewer turnaround program so fast in well, one year? Well, let's look at this. Think, Talk about more of y'all's freshman year. The freshman year we had a squad. Oh, you, we did so, have a squad. So we went like 26 and probably 5 that year. Had, mm-hmm. a, had an amazing year. Um, and then what you've seen is as, as people develop, as kids develop, and they go off to that varsity or junior varsity level, sort of that same team you have as a freshman sort of gets split up. And I think that's what happened with us. You know, we had mm-hmm. some guys like Gabe Ballard who didn't play that next year through injuries. Um, we had players go up to varsity. And so that core team that we had – you know, just didn't really get another year to stick together and play together. And then you got got to realize other kids are going to get better as well. So that second year we were together, um, we struggled. But I think it made you guys hungrier for the varsity level and you see seeing that uh, success this year as juniors. All right, I agree. We're looking forward to senior year. I want to see what, what my senior year was, what we got. But anyway, all right, so what does it take to be a good football player in this program? Um, to be a good football player in any program, it takes dedication to the skill at hand. Um, it takes, you know, the will to work out, be better, mm-hmm. um, try to get 1% better each day. Coach Stansberry's um, quote, right? Coach, there. Coach Stansberry, he's a, he's a good motivator. A lot of people don't know I had Coach Stansberry in high school. Oh, um, and him? so it's, it's somebody that I respect. Um, so much just because the pride he takes in his job and not mm-hmm. just only his job, he doesn't do it for him. He does it for kids to get better. 
Um, so him is our strength and strength coach. It just helps, you know, kids realize that, hey, um, I can push through adversity, push through pain. Um, and kids have got to be pushed through their limit and know, okay, I'm hurting, I'm tired, but I can keep pushing and give more not only for myself to get stronger, but also my team. Um, now, does that correlate to life as well? It correlates to life, and it's all about life. If me as a, as a coach, I just made you a better player, I felt I need to be able to make you a better young man, a better citizen, mm-hmm. a better father, a better brother, whatever. I need to make you better in life. That way, once you leave um, Brewer or whatever school I coached you at, that you can succeed as a citizen and be um, a helping for your community. So how does Brewer implement that into the kids? So like, do you, just through football and then like, just like teaching the kids about what to do in certain situations or what? I think um, it comes knowing who your kids are, mm-hmm. forming real bonds, talking to them outside of football. Um, for me as a football coach yearly with my running backs and a couple of other kids, I do my Coach Allen's yearly fishing trip yep, where yep. I take a take a day out the summer and I take care of everything. We find a spot, we go fishing, and we usually mm-hmm. go eat afterwards. That allows me opportunity for the kids to get away of the grind of football and having all these different mm-hmm. stresses in their life and allows them to, hey, get somewhere where the weather's going to be nice, um, around teammates, around peers, and just have real open um, conversations and have fun just enjoy the moment without everything else going on. All right, that seems pretty dope. So you're a pretty religious man. So now talk to us about your faith and how it's shaped you into the man and coach you are today. So me as um, a religious person, um, faith is one of the biggest things to me. And it's one of the things I try um, to make sure that my light is shining um, so other kids can be impacted in a way mm-hmm. that Christianity and my faith has had in me. Um, I want to be a beacon for kids to uh, to talk to, know that there's hope um, through adversity. Mm-hmm. And um, my first mentor um, was a coach. Um, yep. Sherman Griffin was my second grade basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, me and him still talk to this day. Wow. Now that I'm 33, um, we talk almost weekly through this day. And just so happens he's a pastor. Mm -hmm. So he always embedded me um, to do the right things as a man, what a Christian man looks like, how I'm supposed to operate. Um, But it it doesn't come just by myself. My mom did a good job, raised me by herself, um, kept me in church, um, kept me with uh, different groups who were pushing the right method, right agenda Mm -hmm. for young men. Um, And so now I still try to keep myself around like-minded individuals. Yes. all in sports group is a group of coaches um, led by Stuart Hardy. We have weekly Bible studies every mm-hmm. Sunday via Zoom, and it just allows coaches to connect and talk about the issues that they're having, but also allows us to um, seek uh, faith in each other mm-hmm. within the Christianity religion and talk about things. And you know, the Bible gives us a good reference guide of you know what God and Jesus tells us to do in certain mm-hmm. situations, and that. You know, there's um, strength in numbers and that, you know, we have someone to look to within the struggles that we're going through. All right. So now what's your proof in God? Like there, there's what's that moment in life where you can say, you know what, there is a God, there is something higher than me. Um, my proof in God can be um, necessarily making it out of my situation where mm-hmm. I'm from. 
um, grew up in uh, DeSoto, Texas, and while DeSoto's not the most toughest place, yeah. I've seen some of um, the negativity. I have friends that I lost to gun violence, mm-hmm. um, drugs, different things like that. And um, like I said, these are close friends, people I knew, maybe teammates and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and just me going through adverse situations where I could have been another statistic, could have been in the wrong place or the right, uh, wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. um, and negative things could have happened to me. Um, I just thank God for everything he's done and that I'm still here. Um, I have a lot of friends who didn't make it um, to C-33 right. or even past 21. Mm-hmm. And um, their lives are greatly impacted by that. They might be in jail. They might not be here anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, every day, you know, my thing is I'll read my devotional, say a prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, I drive an hour to work. So usually that hour I'm listening to podcast or sermon. And so yeah. it just um, every day restores and rebuilds and replenishes my faith right. and um, gives me, you know, guidance throughout that day of okay. what I need to um, do as a Christian man. All right. So how does like you say that you've been through so much, but so how did you overcome these obstacles? So like, was it all uh, mentally or was it, I'm going to like, I have to in order to make it out or what was it? So I think a lot of times as men, we are scared to talk about certain insecurities that mm-hmm. we have and certain things that we go through. Um, luckily I have a good group of Christian friends mm-hmm. who, um, we have open dialogue of things we can talk about. Um, and just having older men, wiser men to counsel me, that's the biggest thing, um, especially as as a young man. Mm-hmm. Find somebody who is older um, that you see that's going in the right way yeah. to mentor you and counsel you and just that you can be a open um, have open dialogue with a lot of times we don't want to talk to our parents about certain things because um, we're we don't we're want sc- them to worry about it yeah or we're scared of their reaction and yeah, things yeah. like that but if you have an open space or an open person that mm-hmm. you can talk to that goes um, that goes a huge way because um, mentally things can get draining especially being a college athlete oh, yeah. um, that was one of the worst times in my life where I was dealing with depression coming mm-hmm. off of knee surgeries and things not going right, um, red shirt and gray shirt and things mm-hmm. like that, and just not knowing if my knee would able would ever to be um, able to allow me to play the game yeah. of football. And, you know, that was my focus. It was football, football, football. And then when football got taken away from me, I learned that there is a greater path in mm-hmm. my life that God has for me. Yeah. And so it was, you know, just those things like that and, you know, um, finding out how to pray about things yeah. and, and it's not necessarily all about you um, when you pray that you're giving um, glory to God for what he's mm-hmm. done and what he's going to do and just thanking him for um, who he is alright so do you feel like that's missing in the world today these days that the depression rates is so much up or what, what do you think it is really so I think a lot of that is missing in the world um, I think we were scared to talk because we feel judged, and I completely understand mm-hmm. that. Um, sometimes um, I still have struggled talking to people about certain topics because I don't want to be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, you know, as a man, you deal with, oh, he's soft, he's sensitive and stuff like yeah. that. But um, it's it's okay to talk to people. Um, it's okay to seek counsel. One of the things I strongly want to do 
is, you know, when the Lord tells me it's time for me to move from coaching, I mm-hmm. want to be an advocate for athletes and um, kids to come talk come talk to me. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just talk. Let's get it off your chest, get it off your mind, um, and and let me be able to counsel and advise them on um, certain situations that they're going through because I don't believe kids always have that outlet. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's um, bottled up. Yeah, it's not bottled up or, you know, you hide behind different drugs and weed yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, to each his own, everybody has its own coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. But if we could find more positive ways and healthy ways for kids to cope yeah. and feel comfortable with talking, I would rather it be that way. So your coping mechanism was guided, basically, and in, in Christianity and finding someone to talk to. Right. right. So... uh. So you're a big Twitter guy. You post you post quotes daily and things that might help others all the time. So let's go through some of them. You can give me your insight on them and what they mean and et cetera. So the first one I, that I really like, you you pinned it. It's God gave me grace. Struggle gave me drive. Talent gave me opportunity. Purpose gave me value. Experience gave me wisdom. Love gave me hope. Faith gave me peace. Failure gave me strength. Losing gave me foresight. Forgiveness gave me healing. And rejection gave me determination. Uh yeah, that's that's I think that's my pinned tweet right yeah. now. Um and it's just one of those things, you know, we're we're all gonna struggle, we're all gonna go through mm-hmm. things. But um my biggest thing is every problem that we have is connected to a blessing. Something's gonna come out of that yeah. that's more positive than that negative thing that we're gonna go through. So if we can focus on the blessing that's yeah. gonna come out there, a lot of the struggle that we go through will seem uh, minute and minor. So mm-hmm. that's where that came from. Definitely. All right. Next tweet is all questions I've asked myself. Questions I think help us develop stronger cores and help to establish clearer and more authentic identities. Maturity help us ex- helps us accept God's timing for our lives. Being accountable for what we feel and make others feel through love changes us for the better. And continues. I like people who aren't scared to uh, to be passionate and flawed. People who rather be honest, speak what they believe, and let you... Let you take it how you want. Nobody's perfect, but you gotta salute authentic people. You gotta tell them when they're when they've made a part of you better. Yeah, I think that one's probably Rob Hill um, quote. Um, mm-hmm. One of the guys I follow on Twitter, and I like his positivity and some of the um, the the verbiage and things he brings about, and you can just tell he's on a positive vibe. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those things. Once again. I just want to connect with people. Like me and you talk mm-hmm. um, when you come in here during study hall and bear time and stuff. I just want to talk, uh, find out more about people, about be engaging, yeah. um, and then provide love for people. You never know what people are going through and um, if they're getting the proper love that they mm-hmm. need. And if I could be someone that's going to show them love, um, whether it's through com- conversation, daps and hugs, whatever it is, yeah. I want to be um, somebody that, you know, that they can talk to. All right, now, so there's sometimes people that just slip away from you. Do you feel like ever, like, dang, like, I wish I could have helped that kid more? And, like, what do you, like, how do you, like, uh, cope with that? Like, you losing, like, someone not wanting to be, like, where you want them to be? Um, and so that's that's a tough one, especially as a coach, especially as a Christian mm-hmm. man, because, you know, we're we're taught to, um, minister to those and you know try to try to help people become better um, and bring them to where God wants them to be yeah and even I don't 
not even on a religious point, sometimes when you're just trying to help kids, um, you got to understand that sometimes these external forces or them going back home, all the positive work you try to mm-hmm. do at school in the limited hours you have might just go to the wayside once they get back home in their community where the same values and things that you're speaking mm-hmm. aren't necessarily taught at the home level. And, you know, it's one of those things that hurts um, real bad. It's probably one of those things um, you go home and reflect and ask yourself what you could have done more. How could you uh, have helped this kid more? Yeah. Um, but like I said, Coach Hurst, who was like the first coach I worked for, he he's a um, deacon at his church, and he was like, um, one of the things is as many people um, we want to bring to Christ, yeah. sometimes Christ is going to have to go get them on their own mm-hmm. and find them through their own journey and own struggle. And so, you know, just thinking about that and just, you know, always telling kids, hey, if you ever need me, yeah. I'm still here regardless. Um, there's nothing you can do or go too far to where, you know, you'll just burn bridges with me um, mm-hmm. to this point. Because um, people are going to mess up. We all mess up. We yeah. all do crazy things. And, you know, at this age, um, it, it would be harsh for me to to just exile a kid yeah. like that without, you know, anything like that. So just, you know, still being there for a kid, whether they choose to go to the left and you're trying to force them to go right, right. still be there for them. Yeah, I felt that definitely from you. I feel like you do do that a lot, even though, like, even though we don't have the same faith, I feel like we still have the same principles, and, like, that makes us really get along, and, like, I really respect you for that. So, like, uh, so you're a married man. So talk to us about how to find the perfect woman or, like, how to find that someone that, like, you can just spend the rest of your life with. Um, first off, it's it's marriage is a difficult thing. I've had my own... Um, discrepancies or negative things that I've done Mm -hmm. um, to hamper my marriage um, greatly. Um, But it's it's about finding somebody that's perfect for you, Mm -hmm. somebody who, you know, you're equally yoked with, um, somebody who's beautiful in your eyes, somebody Mm -hmm. who makes you strong um, in places that you were once weak and you and vice versa for them. Um, but it's just finding the person for you. Too many times in marriages, we try to um, make people fit what other people's ideals of who mm-hmm. we should be with and things like that. Um, and so that's why you see the divorce rate and things like that um, such such a, at a, such a high rate now. Yeah. Um, and people don't um, put God into their relationships, mm-hmm. and so they begin to struggle. Um, and so... Um, but but marriage is hard. It can be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. um, once it's done right. Um, it takes you know faith. Um, it takes believing in each other. It yeah. takes um, a lot of love, a lot of forgiveness, um, a lot of communication, mm-hmm. um, and that's the biggest thing: communication. Um, and and it's just trying to see the other person's point of view, where they're coming from, why they feel this way. Um, how can you help them in, in their times of sorrow or need um, and things like that? Um, but, yeah, it's just finding that person for you and, and don't be quick to rush in it, mm-hmm. into uh, anything. Um, take your time, date them, court them, um, see if y'all still can get along mm-hmm. when y'all get mad at each other. 
y'all could uh, move past that, but take your time with it. Take your time. All right, that's a good quote to have. All right, so let's get back on the topic of religion real quick. So uh, this is a question. Uh, do you think that religion has a positive effect on our mental health or no, uh, like some effect or no effect at all? Um, I think religion can play a role on both sides. Right. Um, me as a Christian man, I, I ask myself um, daily, um, did I live my purpose of what God intended for me mm -hmm. to do today? Um, and so that mentally um, can can be draining sometimes, if I'm being honest, because I'm constantly worrying, uh, mm -hmm. worrying did I do the right thing? Did I say um, the right thing? Um, is my language appropriate? Um, being in the heat of the moment with sports, did I use profanity? Now I feel like crap. Mm -hmm. um, Am I leading these kids the right way? Mm -hmm. um, things like that. So that's constantly um, something I think about and try to improve on. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen this year um, with me in sports, and you can even attest to this um, last year with, with you guys on the JV level, I probably led the um, the region, the district, whatever, mm -hmm. in technical yeah. fouls. I had Definitely. a lot of technical oh fouls. God. <laughs> um, just my behavior wasn't that of a Christian man. And mm -hmm. just, um, I believe, you know, some of that rubbed off on you guys, and that's why we wasn't successful. Yeah. And then if you look to the change of me just, you know, getting deeper in my word and things like that mm -hmm. to this year, zero technicals, and I have a team that won district. Uh, district. So, like I said, I think it affects all areas of life. Um, but it's it's nothing you, you should – you know, harper on too long. Um, you have a great book in the Bible that tells you, hey, this is what God's commandments are. This is what mm -hmm. you need to live by. And um, as long as you're trying to do the right thing with the right um, right point of view and perspective, you should be okay. All right. So let's get into sports a little bit. So how in the world did you become a Chelsea fan out of all and like the premier like getting into the Premier League like we're like in America we don't really pay attention to soccer but how did you find yourself becoming a Chelsea fan So interesting story in at Soto High School where I went to school at Lee Whittle was a soccer coach mm -hmm. um English guy so straight from England Yeah and so my freshman year out of nowhere I get a slip from him hey come try out for the soccer team never played <laughs> soccer a day in my life but at that point I was like hey I want to try and play everything that I can and so from the ninth grade on um, until my senior year I played soccer um, and just became a fan of the the sport mm -hmm. and so I didn't honestly cherish the sport like I do now until after I got done um, because I never was technically skilled at it I didn't have you know, my touch wasn't the best. I yeah. wasn't technically uh, talented and stuff like that. I just was able to survive off my athletic ability. Well, you know, um, talking to Coach Whittle about soccer and stuff like that um, helped me, you know, respect the game of soccer at a, at a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And so from then, I just became a fan, and Chelsea was probably one of the first international games I watched um, when they had Frank Lampard. Um, Ashley Cole, they just had a wide range of players yeah. and stuff like that, and people were going crazy in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And since then, I've always been a Chelsea fan. That's who I play with on FIFA. So, <laughs> How are they doing right now? So Chelsea is doing um, real good right now. We're fourth in the um, – 
Premier League trying to secure a spot for next year's yeah. Champions League. Um, just tied uh, Real Madrid last night with a one-to-one um, game in the mm-hmm. semifinals of the uh, Champions League. So, you know, new coach, new style, new system. The players are um, they playing well for him. Um, hopefully, Tammy Abraham, which is one of my favorite strikers, yeah. gets uh, – um, a little bit more chance to play, and we don't mm-hmm. sell them off. But, yeah, Chelsea's doing good, real good right now. And what was that whole thing with the European Super League? Could you explain it a little bit? Do you know what was going so, on? So, I know about it a little bit. So, a lot of the European top teams were trying to create a additional league or additional tournament that the top 16 to 20 teams um, would be involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be – you know, to me, it seemed like a good idea without me looking at the financial aspect uh, of it and stuff like that. I just say, hey, uh, 20 of the top teams in all of Europe are going to come together to play in this big league or tournament. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was outlawed and disbanded and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it failed to nothing. But uh, I don't know too much about the financial financial impact and stuff like that. So that's why I didn't, like, really go through because of the financial fee. All right. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the Cowboys. Are you a Cowboys fan? Big time Dallas Big Cowboys, Cowboys fan. So you guys have the 10th pick in the draft this year. Yep, yep. What are you looking for? Like, what do you guys need? What do you think? So me being an offensive coach, mm-hmm. I'm in love with Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. Oh, That's what yeah. be with, with him. I'm saying, hey, we'll worry about defense in the later later rounds. Mm-hmm. But with, with him at it, hey, we'll average 40 points a game and just have to tell the difference – um, hold him to 39. Um, but he'll probably be gone, so we'll probably get a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, certain from Alabama or Horn, maybe a cornerback. Um, and if those two guys are gone, hey, go get an offensive tackle, secure your line. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited, man. You know, football season here, spring football starts mm-hmm. um, Monday. So really excited for that. So, yeah. Football. That defense is a little bit suspect. Defense is big time suspect. Mm-hmm. But but, that, but Dak's coming back. You think Dak's going to come back good off a tore leg? What is it? You know, it's always risky um, for a player coming off of a big time injury like that. Mm-hmm. Um, reports have said he's training good. He's looking better. His rehab's going to um, ahead of schedule. Yeah. So you know, with athletes who have gruesome injuries like that, I think about Alex Smith and him when to play. Um, oh, yeah. Comeback player of the year oh, this year and yeah. stuff like that. You know, you just really want to um, hope the best for that guy. Yep. I'm glad he got his money. He got the contract um, for like that to help to, to secure, you know, his financial freedoms and needs for his future. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be ready. All right. And let's talk about your Mavs. You're a Mavs fan, too. Big Luca. Time. Luca, of course. So you guys are the sixth seed right now, and Luca's averaging 28, 8, and 9. Do you think they're heading in the right direction or not? Um, the Mavs are definitely headed in the di- right direction. Mm-hmm. What scares me um, with the Mavs is Porzingis not being healthy or not, um, and where our second scoring is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Last night when we played Golden State, um, we just got got out of them early, yeah. and they struggled offensively. But if you look at the night before that when they played Sacramento, it was like where is that second score mm-hmm. going to come from? Tim Hardaway has been inconsistent at times, um, Trey Burke has been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. JJ Reddick is still having got all the way yeah. into the flow of the system. Um, Dorian Finney Smith is more of a defensive player. Um, our big man, Maxi Cleaver, is going to give you about 10. Dwight Powell has been playing good recently. 
But, you know, without Przingis being out there, I always, I'm always concerned about yeah. where that second score is going to come from. Um, but I think, you know, um, if we keep playing with that same intensity and we want to stay out of that seventh seed to have a play-in game, mm-hmm. um, I think they're definitely working and doing the right things. Um, I think Rick Carlisle is getting that team where they need to go. Okay. So you do believe in Rick Carlisle. I don't believe in Rick Carlisle. He hasn't been relevant since 2011 to me. Um. You can say that, but he hasn't really had a squad That's since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, Dirk was hurt after that, or they disbanded the team, and yeah. Dirk got hurt. Um, then you start a new um, regime with Luca and uh, Porzingis, but Porzingis has been hurt, so yeah. Luca's had to do it by himself. Um, the thing Dallas needs to do, and Mark Cuban needs to look at, how to lure a big-time big free agent that third to option. help him here. Yep. Get a third option, whether it's via trade or free agency or something. We have the cap, the cap space and oh, the yeah. money to do yeah. it, um, especially with Luka just now coming up um, in two years mm-hmm. on um, him resigning. So, you know, if we can somehow get a Joel Embiid, in here, maybe trade Porzingis away and get an extra piece. Yeah. That'll be that'll be MVP. Big time. Yeah, I could see that, and then you guys can make a finals run. Yeah, get back to the finals. All right, so let's talk about a serious issue here. So, a few weeks ago, there was a situation going on in Alito with race, and you said that really hurt you. Could you tell us, like, why did that hurt? I mean, I understand why, but like, why, like, as a black man, that does that hurt you as more? So race is one of the things that's a sensitive topic. I don't even talk about it a lot of times. Um, but that day I felt it was necessary because one of the things I can't change mm-hmm. is that the fact that I'm African-American or black, um, I can't change that. Yeah. And because people um, choose to hate, others because of their skin tone or their race um, is something that's scary to me. Um, It's something that um, goes against my total beliefs. Um, I'm one of those people who preach ELE from uh, semi-pro Jackie Mm -hmm. Moon. Everybody love everybody. I believe if we push that message and push that agenda, things will be so much better. But the, the fact that we're still going through some of the things we are in this country um, it really scares me, um, and it, it and it and it worries me about the future of this country, and where we could will go where some these things are you know deemed acceptable in certain yeah. places like Alito. Um, and like I said, I just feel bad for the uh, children of color mm-hmm. that are at that school because you know you're going to school the next day and everybody's looking at you. Definitely. Um, you know that, hey, now that publicly my peers in the school feel mm-hmm. like this yeah. and they value me um, at a dollar point. And so, um, you know, it's not issues kids should be dealing with. Um, especially ninth graders. Especially ninth graders. I dealt with it a little bit at Wachita Baptist mm-hmm. because, you know, you're at a small private Baptist school where – you know, your only black kids that that were there are your athletes. Yeah. Um, and like I said, when I was there in 2006, I think I counted like 12 other black students that were just there for wow. athletics. So, you know, you're a small percentage of mm-hmm. that, that student body. Um, and so it, it, it can be a scary place um, to deal with things like that. But how do we how do we fix it? How do how do you think we fix? It? How do we overcome this problem, this race problem? Or do you think it's just gonna keep on going? I don't know how we fix it. Um, we're gonna have to find a way to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have to 
come to uh, figure out solutions to um, where a problem isn't just a problem for black people. It's yeah, a problem for, for everyone. everybody. Yes. Um, and until we reach that point and, you know, things, um, that message gets spread, mm-hmm. we'll keep on dealing with these things. Um, and, and that's probably one of the scariest things about this situation mm-hmm. and this race topic. We don't know necessarily, or I don't know what the solution is. How do we fix it? Um, how do we get better? Um, how do we grow from it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of people talking about this and talking about this, but until actions are put in place, yes. uh, it'll still be a revolving door or a cycle that'll continue until right. we find, you know, a true solution for it. All right. So now let's get into a segment of my podcast, this deep question. So I'm going to ask you 20 deep questions and you could answer them however you like. So let's start it off. Number one, what is your idea of perfect happiness? Um, so happiness can change. I believe you need to um, be joyful in what you do. Um, and I think that's just peace, Mm. peace of mind where you not necessarily stressing or worrying things about that. Um, so, you know, I say, you know, joy equals peace in my mind. Joy equals peace. All right. Number two, what is your greatest fear? Um, greatest fear is not living up to what God has instructed me to Mm. do. All right, number three. What is your trait you most deplore in yourself? Um, just being open, open book. I don't mind telling people where I failed in order for mm-hmm. them not to do the same thing. Um, I want people to know, hey, even when you do fail, you can still succeed from this. Okay. But if I could teach you not to do this, and you can succeed, that's where. All right. What is the trait you most deplore in others? Uh. Honesty. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Which living, per- which living person do you most admire as of right now? Uh, my mom. Your mom. That's all, all right. I had. So my mom. Mm-hmm. What is your greatest achievement so far in life? Um, oof. Greatest achievement. Um, that's a tough one. I think my greatest achievement, um, thus far, would. Um, I'm about to like at this current moment in time. I'm about to graduate um, grad school, so right. finishing that up, you know, it's been. I graduated um, with my bachelor's in 2011, mm-hmm. so it's about to be a 10 year process. So at this point in time, currently, just you know, I got two more classes to finish, and I'll be done. So That'd right now, good. in the in the forefront of my mind is that. All right. What is your certain state of mind? Um. You know, I try to be even keeled, be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, once it, once again, it's that joy agenda. I try to preach um, joy. All know? right. So you talk about happiness and like how how, but what if like sometimes you know every like everybody's human and they get down. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you pull yourself out of that hole? How music, do you, music, music is, is my, that your way? Music is my way. Yeah. Um, I listen to all genres of music, just mm-hmm. out in the country music, listen to Kane Brown um, and stuff like that. But music is my stress reliever. Um, you know, putting on either gospel, rap, mm-hmm. gospel, um, R&B, jazz, um, pop. 
music. I just music with uh, songs with messages is what helped me get through. Why do you think that music is such a powerful tool that a lot of people use? And I don't. I think I use that too, and a lot of my friends use it too, like to get them out of that dark place. Why do you think it's such a powerful thing? I think because we're able to relate to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we're able to relate to certain things, it means more to us. It really does. All right. Next question. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Um, overrated virtue. Um, I don't know if it's a virtue. Um, I believe popularity, Ooh, um, that especially at you guys' age, is overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to be popular to yourself. Um, believe in who you are and what you're about and what you're doing. Um, because a lot of times the friends that you have in high school, they're not going to be yeah. your friends as soon as you graduate and stuff. You have a small circle of friends who you stick with. But besides all that, the popularity stuff goes away, yeah. you know, as soon as you graduate high school. So. All right. Do you think social media has to play a big role in popularity? Yeah, because I leave, I believe social media allows people to live alternate lives mm-hmm. that they aren't necessarily living in reality. Um, right. And I think it could give you confidence with that, but it's the wrong type of confidence if you're not being who you truly are. So, mm-hmm. um like I have a shirt that says "Be you, they'll adjust." Just yeah. be you. You know, people will um, hate you regardless, and they'll love you for being you. So mm-hmm. just continue to be you. Yep. All right. On what occasions do you lie the most? Um, when I don't want to make other people sad or something like that. Mm. Um, I guess hurting people has always um, affected me, but you know. Every time I lied as a kid, my mom would get get um, get that belt and whoop me. So, um, like I said, lying usually comes back and hurts you mm-hmm. more than it hurts the other person. So, uh, don't lie. All right. What, uh, which loving which living person do you most despise? Uh, anybody who doesn't like Waffle House. Waffle House is my favorite restaurant. <laughs> you should go to Waffle House. Waffle House. I love Waffle House. All right. What is the mo- what is the quality you most like in a man? Um in a man, someone who's taking care of his family. If you, you know, doing what you can to take mm-hmm. care of your family and provide um I think um kids need to see more of that. Too many times father figures aren't in the household or doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to take care of your family, you know, that's what I'm about. That's up to you. All right. What uh what is the quality you most like in a woman? Um Confidence. confidence. I think confidence can go a long way in a woman. You don't have to be arrogant, mm-hmm. um, but you being confident in yourself and confident in your abilities as a woman um, is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Which words or phrase do you most overuse? Um, I don't think you do. I know. I don't. You don't I don't know. know. I'm. I'm more of a quiet person. You are. Um, I don't know if I have one. I probably don't have one that mm. I use. More of a quiet stick to myself. Yeah. All right. So, who or what is the greatest of your love of your life? Um. So the 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 quote that's going to sound generic is family, faith, or faith family football. Mm-hmm. Um, God first, then my family. Super important to me. Yeah. Um. And then sports and stuff like that and, and stuff like that. So, you know, putting God first above because he controls all that. Um, then my family. Um, and then, you know, 
sports is after that. All right. When and where were you the happiest? Um. When and where am I the happiest? Um. You know, each each day I come to work and see um, different kids. Yeah. Um, and they'll tell me about a story or something that they did or accomplishment or, you know, they're happy to see me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, that's probably when I'm the happiest because, you know, people don't necessarily have to be happy to see you or want to talk yeah. to you or confide in you. So when a kid wants to do that and volunteers to do, to that, to do that, that's when I'm the happiest. So you enjoy the little things in life. Oh, yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. All right, which challenge would you most like to have? Um, which challenge? Talent. Talent. Oh, talent. Singing. If singing. I can sing, oof. If oh. I can sing, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. If you were to die and come back, what or who would you come back as? If I... Um, hmm. Probably a... Uh, I'll probably be a musician or a singer. Um, Like the movie Soul? Yeah, like the movie Soul, exactly. (laughs) Um, I just believe, you know, people who can play instruments or sing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that's a special talent. I don't have it at all. You know, I try to sing and stuff like that. I know I can't, but I'm still going to, I can harmonize a little bit. All right, and that's it. All right, then, Coach Allen, thank you for being the first guest on my podcast. Man, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Mm doing this like i said hopefully you know we could do it another time too. do it another time make it bigger and better but yeah all right thank you